Welcome to A Dab of Investment, the go-to podcast on wealth management for people with investments, pensions, and something to leave behind for the next generation by Alex and David Pritchard, powered by Upward Independent. Hi, and welcome back to A Dab of Investment. You're here with Alex Pritchard, and today we're going to talk about coming into retirement and how that looks like from a risk perspective. But also, from a real world, what's going on with all that stuff right now? Coming into retirement, generally, you're going to be in your 50s, more likely 60s. If you're retiring with an IFA like us, you'll have some assets, some pensions to rely on. Maybe you're old enough to take the state pension. Maybe you'll have some private pensions, public sector scheme pensions that will pay out. But nonetheless, if you're of that sort of age, you've probably spent your entire life assuming that you will get to your magical retirement date, whatever that is, you'll secure some sort of income in the form of generally an annuity or a scheme pension, and off you go with that income. But the world has changed, and nowadays, and we'll come back to annuities in a minute, nowadays, since 2050, you are, certainly with your private schemes, where they don't have guaranteed annuity rates and it isn't a final salary, just a regular personal pension. You're using flexible access as a route to access your money, which is drawing down the units of your pension. If you've got a hundred grand pension, you take three, four grand a year out of it. And then someone like me makes five to 10 grand a year. Then the pension retains its size and you've had some income out of it. And what that looks like in, in terms of a risk perspective is that you have to take a bit of a risk because the funds remain invested and you don't have a secured income, but you get more flexibility, you gain from the benefits of what the market does to your money and also the death benefits are that, as you've heard from our other podcasts, that pre-75, the majority of the fund under the lifetime allowance gets paid out free of tax. After 75, it's taxable to your beneficiaries. And... There's always been that assumption that as you're just before retirement, you would reduce your risk to save the size of the pot, to save it from any shocks. But that's just not the case anymore. So the just before retirement bit, you will continue to take the same level of risk or sorry, most people continue to take the same level of risk because the funds will be invested for the rest of your life. You die at 85, you will have that fund invested and generally you will take the same risk as you took pre-retirement to gain the benefit of the fund growth on that asset that can provide the income on retirement. Now, just to bring annuities back into this, as I briefly touched on them earlier, annuities haven't really been a topic of conversation since 2015 and Pension Freedoms came out. Because they're a couple of percent a year, and when you die, the majority of it disappears. You might have secured half a spouse's pension off it, but it's peanuts. But now, if you want a very focused annuity, as in no escalation, no spouse's benefit, no guarantees, as in I put my 100,000 into an annuity or 500,000, a million, whatever it is, you can secure 6% now, which is pretty attractive as a secured income 
But if you die, wave goodbye to everything. Nothing going to your spouse, no residual income. And if you want an escalating figure with spouses, 50% on your death, and to guarantee the original income for five or 10 years, you're still talking two, three percent anyway, especially with inflation on there. So annuities are a topic of conversation at the moment, but I'm not sure the lack of death benefits. I'm not sure that the losing the death benefits of a flexible income from flexible access is worth losing over that secured income right now. Still, it's a personal thing and it is worth considering. And we are discussions about it with people now because of the interest rates now they've gone up. But then the talk should go to risk in general. So you've just come into retirement and your funds now need to remain invested because you're going to go down the route of flexible access like 95% of other people. And what's going to happen to your risk? You're going to reduce it or you're going to increase it. It's unlikely that you increase it. But as we find with our clients, it's very unlikely you're going to reduce it just through their own, our experience of their own personal choices that they have made. But then the talk of wider risk, which is where you get the personal service of an independent financial advisor discussing things with you. At the moment, risk is irrelevant because let's take the calendar year of 2022. All year, and 2022 was a very difficult year. The only thing on the planet that made money pretty much as a sector was UK FTSE 100. Everything, everything else made losses. And the risky stuff, which is mainly overseas, which is mainly speculative, American technology, biotech, overseas, emerging markets, all of that was terrible. You're talking 20, 30, 50% losses. But then the lower risks, which you would expect to protect you, and the very lowest risk you can have, which is government guilt, which are bonds, government issued safer than a bank account. On the mini budget, which was hundreds of billions of money that would need to be raised for the tax cuts on the trust and the quartang plan that they had in place. With interest rates going up and the fact that they would need to borrow hundreds of billions more, the long-term guilt market over the year lost 30 to 50%. And that's a zero out of 10 with granny's nest egg kind of area. So if you're taking high risk, you've lost a load of money. If you're taking low risk last year, you lost a load of money too. And with interest rates going up, all of your low risk investments are mainly fixed interest, whether it be corporate bonds, government guilts, and so on. But with interest rates going up, they're all at double digit losses at very low risks. The only thing that's been decent is UK equities, and they occupy the middle risks. Coming into retirement, this is the point now of personal opinion of a financial advisor and the discussions. This is where you get to the difference of someone that knows and someone that doesn't about this stuff. When you answer questions of being a low-risk investor and you show the desire of being a low-risk investor, in the real world, what is low risk? Is low risk something that over the last 30 years has typically been low volatility? Or is low risk having some of your money into an area where it has, it, it, that it's cheap and represents good value and it's less of a risk of moving, losing money because it's so cheap, which is where UK equities are and where, what they've done last year. 
Now, it's not to say that I would push anyone into a high risk where they don't deserve it or don't desire it, but low-risk investments have provided high-risk losses at the level of high-risk losses. And these sort of discussions and real-world outcomes, again, is where the difference of the average financial advisor and a really good independent financial advisor comes out and that we know what's going on in the world and that when we build our portfolios, which as we do our own, things sort of change. So our lower risk portfolios have a bit less bonds in them and a bit more equities in them just because they, the equities are of better value right now and the lower risk bonds are of worse value. And the same with our higher risk portfolios, we have less overseas and more onshore particularly in the big stuff, big FTSE 100 stuff. Because to us as well, in terms of risk, it's not just what static volatility has told us in the past. If something is sitting there and it's expensive, even if it's a low-risk asset, it's got to raise the risk of it because your potential short- to medium-term returns aren't going to be as good. So it's a very interesting area of, of expertise here when we start talking about risk and then real world risks. And this has just been a bit of a, an insight into how we do things and also how we're different as independent financial advisors. And obviously this sort of stuff is fascinating to us and I understand it's a relatively boring subject, but at the end of the day, still the difference between us and everywhere else this building the portfolios is this knowledge that we have of what's going on in the world. And you've got to call what's happening tomorrow. There is an element of crystal ball here. But when you have the right research, the right knowledge and experience over the decades, that's where you can get the big calls. That's where you can get the big calls right. And that's where your portfolio performs. And as I've also said in other podcasts, the portfolio performance is paramount. Not much else matters. And risk is a big part of that because the portfolio can be personalized to you and your risk. And then it has our input in terms of this is cheap, so you want a bit more. This is expensive, you want a bit less. And whether you're starting out on your life's journey or you're in the example here of being in retirement, this is where someone like a financial advisor can't be replaced by a computer. Because this needs personalizing for you personally. And those discussions of, this is what I like doing, I'm a risk-taking person, or this is what I like doing, and I'm a cautious type person. So nonetheless, this I suppose this podcast still talks about the core values of independent advice with a bit of an insight into risk. And if you have any questions or you want to know more about it, then please get in touch with us via the website or give us a call. And thank you for listening and see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Adapt of Investment. Please remember to subscribe and review and visit applewoodindependent.co.uk for the latest on wealth management and financial advice. See you next time.